Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And without any further ado, I want to invite our very first young communicator of the day up here, Mauricio Franco Jr. Thank you, Pastor Brandon. Good morning, Celebration Church. You guys feeling good today? Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, you look good. And uh, if it's cool with you, I'm going to go ahead and dive right in. So Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and it says like this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the big truth that we're looking at today is this right here, is that when you put it in God's hands, he'll never hold it over your head. He'll never hold it over your head. I remember I was in the fifth grade, and it was April the 1st, and uh, we all know what April the 1st is, right? It's also known as April Fool's. And in the fifth grade, I, I remember there was this girl that really, really liked me. Uh, she had a mad crush on me. Evidently, she, she had a thing for your boy, you know what I'm saying? And I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. I remember I was at recess, and uh, I was hanging out with my buddies, and they come up to me, and they're like, hey, Mauricio. They thought it was a brilliant idea. They say, hey, we dare you to go up to this girl that likes you and call her out and say, hey, will you be my girlfriend? And when she looks at you and she smiles and she's excited, look at her square in the face and say, April fools. I said, no, I can't do it. That's not who I am. They said, of course it is. You can do it, man. You got this. And my coolness was on the line. I said, okay, I guess I can. I walk over there to where she's at and... Uh, I call her by her name. She turns around, and all of a sudden, we lock eyes. We lock eyes. She's smiling from ear to ear. I look at her, and I ask, will you be my girlfriend? She's filled with excitement. She looks at me. She looks at me. She says, yes, I'd love to. I look at her, and I say, April fools. I said, April Fools. Fast forward years later, we're now big kids, right? We're at San Angelo Central High School. And on this particular day, I'm riding the bus home. I hop in the bus, and I'm navigating through the aisle because the bus is jam-packed. There's nowhere to sit. And to my surprise, I look up, and the only seat that is open is in the very back, right next to this girl who I pranked in elementary I'm as nervous as can be. You can only imagine my heart starts to race. Sweat starts to drip down my face. I walk over to her and ask her, can I sit down? And she looks at me as nice as can be and says, yes. You got to understand I haven't spoken to her in years, let alone apologize. I sit down and the first thing that is going through my head is, oh, my goodness, I hope what happened in the fifth grade does not pop up. <laughs> but, my friends, I'll tell you what, that is the day that I learned real quick, real quick, 
that women don't forget anything. <laughs> she brings it up. I'm apologizing up and down, left and right, northeast, southwest, every way I know how. She interrupts me, and she says, she says this. I wouldn't have expected it. She calms me down and looks at me. She says, Mauricio, relax. I've already forgave you. I've already forgave you. And maybe you're sitting here today afraid to talk to God. Because let me, let's be honest. You know you've done wrong. You know you've messed up. You know you've failed. But I'm here to tell you today, church, I'm here to tell you today that when you come to Jesus, he's not going to throw your sin in your face. No, no, no. My Bible says that he already threw your sin as far as the east is from the west. Come on. Somebody, seriously. He already threw your sin as far as the east is from the west. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God that doesn't need your permission to forgive you no he made it his entire mission to forgive you church please please don't go through life putting shame between you and the savior why why because when you put it in the hands of God he will never hold it over your head love you guys Good morning, good morning, Celebration Church. My name is Adrian, and we are going to be looking at the book of Philippians, chapter 4 to be exact. And we're going to start in verse 6. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, I want you all to realize that it is our perspective that makes all the difference. So there's a story that my dad told me when I was growing up, and I want to share it with you all. So you have a granddad and his grandson. And the granddad is telling his grandson this story, and he's saying that everybody has two wolves inside of them. There's a good wolf and there's a bad wolf. So the good wolf is kind and gentle and sweet, and then the bad wolf is mean and nasty and ugly. And they're constantly battling each other and, and fighting and trying to win. And he looks at his grandson and he asks, he's like, okay, well, which one do you think is going to win? And, of course, the grandson's like, I don't know which one's going to win. you got to tell me. And he says, whichever one you feed. You see, the good wolf is fed by positivity and good thoughts, and the bad wolf is fed by negative thoughts and bad things. So whichever one you feed, if you feed into the good and the positive and you fill your mind with the good, then the good wolf will, will eventually overpower the bad wolf and win. If we look a little further down here in Philippians, starting in verse 8, we see that the Bible tells us that in order to change our perspective, we have to be very aware of what we put in our minds. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right and pure and lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And then the God of peace will be with you. Another thing that I've learned from my dad growing up is how God provides. You see, for those of y'all who don't know, my dad is a farmer. And there are really very few things that farmers can actually control when it comes to farming. You know, they have a say in how the ground is prepared and what seed goes in the ground. But they, they really they can't control the weather. And that is a big factor. And we all know that this year the weather has been crazy. We've had so much rain and at the wrong time. And it would have been so easy for my dad to take a step back and be like, this does not look good. I can't do this. I give up. But instead, sorry. He stood up and he said, God, I trust you. You got this. I know you're going to make something good of this. You see, he's always taught me that we may not have everything we want, but God sure will give us everything we need. And if we look a little further down in Philippians 4.11, we see that Paul is in the same situation. And he tells us, for I have learned how to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. In Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You see, whether he had plenty or was in need, Paul knew. He knew how to be content. And he knew the secret to being content was a proper perspective. And you see, he didn't try to do it on his own. He looked to Christ for his strength. And he made the choice. Because, guys, let's be honest, it's our choice. It's our choice to feed the good wolf or the bad wolf, to be positive or to be negative. And it is our choice if we take a step back and say, God, I trust you with this. My situation does not look good. This does not look promising. But I know you've got me. And, guys, it's our choice to say, God, change my perspective, not my circumstance. You see, my bottom line is that when things start to change inside of you is when they finally start to change around you. Thank you. Good morning, Celebration Church. My name is Carson Clark. It's right there. Um, today I will be teaching out of Psalms 119.11. And Psalms 119 verse 11 says... I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the thought I would like you to take away from that is when you remember what God has said, you will not be misled. Man, long time ago, forever, May of 2019, that's right. <laughs> I happened to be at a friend's house this night, and it was getting kind of late, so my mom called me. She says, Carson, you need to go come home. It's getting late. Drive safe. So she told me to drive safe because she loves me. And on this night, it happened to be very rainy and wet. And so I said, yes, ma'am. Hang up the phone, not really regarding what she said. Hop in my car and start my trek home. 
I get about three quarters of the way to my house, and I'm at a four-way stop. And I stop, I go, and I accelerate a little too hard for the weather conditions, and my back wheels begin to lose all traction. My wheels are just spinning out. So my tail is swinging out here, so I freak out. I punch the brake with my right heel and jerk the wheel to the left, thinking that'll do something. It didn't. I find that my truck has hit a curb, popped up into the air, and slammed on the ground. And I find myself in someone's front lawn. So I throw the car in reverse to try and back out because I'm freaking out. That doesn't work. I'm stuck. So I throw it in park. I get out. And the people who live at the house come out. And they're asking me if I'm okay. And I say, yeah. So I begin to examine the car, see if anything is wrong, see if the wheels are okay. I find that one of them's popped because of hitting the curb. And so I call my dad, and I'm scared, and he said, I said, Dad, I got in a car accident. I need you to come to this street. Please hurry. And he said, okay. And in the meantime, the people who live at the house are asking me if I'd been doing drugs or if I'd been <laughs> drinking alcohol. <laughs> said, no, I, no, I'm a pastor's kid. And it <laughs> probably wasn't the best thing to say because pastor's kids get a pretty bad rap around these days. But hey, I like to think I'm a pretty good pastor's kid, but at this moment, I am in someone's front lawn with my truck. So, can't say much. Anyways, my dad shows up, and he attaches a chain to the back of my car, and he pulls me out. Says we're going to fix it in the morning because it's late at night, and we don't want to get hurt. So, he says, Carson, load up, we're going home. And so, I'm in the car, sitting in the passenger seat, and I'm thinking to myself, man... I would have just listened to mom when she said, drive safe, none of this would have happened. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm here today to tell you that if you happen to find yourself heading towards a ditch, if you happen to find yourself heading towards a gutter, if you happen to find yourself heading in a direction you do not need to head, remember what God has said. If, you, if all you can see in your life is sickness, remember that he said, by his stripes, you were healed. If all you can see is tragedy in your life, remember that he said all things come together for the good for those who love him. If all you can see is failure, remember that he said his power is made perfect in your weakness. Come on, I want you to know that you're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. That you are a new creation and more than an overcomer. Come on, you got to get God's word in your heart. Why? Because when you remember what God has said, you cannot be misled. Thank you, Celebration Church. Hi. <laughs> My name is Kyber. I just turned 13, and I'm preaching out of Psalms 4610, which is, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. And what that means to me is that God is just so powerful that, like, you can trust in him. And while I was planning the sermon, I was so stressed, freaking out. Like, I couldn't pick anywhere to start. Like, in tears, couldn't function. And so I had, like, scriptures written down that I just decided to pick one. And so I was, like, running my finger across the paper, and it landed on Psalms 4610, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew the scripture by heart, so I said, be still and know that I am God. And immediately, just like a wave of relief 
and peace just washed over me. And I knew it was like the power of God and his love just filling up inside of me and knowing that this is what I'm supposed to talk about. But just no matter what life throws at you, God is always there. He will blanket you with his love and his peace and you'll be made perfect in your weakness through him. And looking at this verse, like 20 different translations, 16 of them say the exact same thing. This matters. But of the ones that are different, God's word translation is my favorite. And it's let go of your concerns. Then you will know that I am God. Let go of your earthly things. Let go of what's stressing you and just focus on him because he's all that matters in this life. And <laughs> my bottom mind is always trust everything to God and know that he has your back. You need to just stop, breathe, and remember that God has you and he has a plan for your life. What is going on, Celebration Church? My name is Nick Bosworth, and I'm going to be preaching about the grace of God and about our identity in Christ. Before I get into that, I do want to say that I get fired up about the grace of God. I get pumped. I get excited. I love to talk about the grace of God. And so my hope and my prayer this morning is this, that my passion serves as a testament to God's grace. Let's get into the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, and the new is here. Jumping over to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says like this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. I came to preach to somebody in the room who is holding on to something that Jesus died for. I, I came to preach to someone in the room who is holding on to their sin, who is holding on to their shame, who is holding on to their past mistakes. I bring news of freedom. Amen. That you have been crucified in Christ and that you are a new creation. You see, our sin and our shame, they died on the cross with Jesus. You see, grace, it's not this, it's not this surface level thing. The grace of God, it doesn't, it doesn't sweep your sin under the rug. The grace of God, it doesn't shove your sin into a closet. The grace of God does not hide your sin. As a matter of fact, the grace of God doesn't even cover your sin. I came to preach that the grace of God kills your sin. That your sin and your shame were nailed to the cross with Jesus. You see, the story of grace is not that Jesus died for you. The story of grace is that Jesus died as you. That your sin became his sin. That your shame became his shame. That your death became his death. And in turn, his life became your life. His righteousness became your righteousness. His power became your power. Do you hear me, church? That Jesus took on the old so that you could have new life. How many of you, uh, how many of you have one of these? This is a debit card. Hopefully most of you have one of these. This, uh, this actually doesn't belong to me. This belongs to my father. And uh, every now and then, for whatever reason, my parents get desperate enough to entrust me with this and to hand this to me and say, son, go pick up some groceries. Or son, go, go grab some food for the family. And uh, like the perfect, obedient son that I am, I say, yes, father, as you wish. Your will be done. 
And so I'll snatch it up and I'll, I'll run to the store and I'll grab whatever I need to grab. And I'll be checking out and I'll put the, the chip in, I'll punch in the code or whatever. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the cashier will slide me a receipt and say, sir, would you please sign here? And so I'll grab the pen and I'll sign my name. Nathan Bosworth. Because you see, in that moment, at that specific point in time, my identity is found in what my father has given me. Celebration Church, I came to preach. That your identity is found in what your father has given you. And he's given you a spirit of grace. He's given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of righteousness. You are a new creation in Christ. That's the story of grace. That my God didn't owe me anything, but he gave me everything. Your identity is found in what your father has given you and in who, in who he has given you. The bottom line is this, that because of the grace of God, because of the reckless, scandalous grace of God, your identity is found in a resurrected Jesus Christ. And it's when you begin to truly understand what grace is that Jesus came to this earth and he died because you had to. And then that he lived, that he was raised to life so that you could have life more abundantly. That then you can begin to step into things that God has called you to do. And this is what you need to understand, church. This is what you need to understand, that, that since your identity is found in Christ, that you are called to live like Christ. You're called to love like Christ. You're called to serve like Christ. You're called to see the world the way Christ sees it, through the lens of grace. Because when you begin to live like Christ, that's when the world begins to see Christ alive in you. Thank you. Okay, what's up, Celebration Church? <laughs> I'm really, really hot. I don't know if they got the heater on or not, but if my eyeliner starts running, I am sorry. So for those who don't know me, I am Blanca Gomez. I am the wife of Daniel Gomez. We both are the worship pastors here at Celebration Church. <laughs> so I want to discuss how to move forward in life from mistakes that have been weighing us down. So before we jump to Matthew, let me just paint you a picture. Right before the Last Supper, we have Judas, who is already agreeing to turn Jesus in for 30 silver coins, which probably comes out to about a dollar in our payroll. I'm just saying. Then you got the plot to kill Jesus, and then you got Peter, who's about to make a mistake that he's instantly going to regret. So let's jump in. So Matthew 26, 31 through 35, it says, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter said, and even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples vowed the same. So you have Peter who just got caught out by Jesus, his homeboy, their best friends for life. So they're like, Jesus, like, Peter, you're fixing to do something. It's going to hurt you. And there's, it's just going to hurt. So Peter's like, yeah, right. We ride a die. I got your bag just like you got mine. <laughs> 
So we all know what happened. He ends up betraying him three times. And their best friends know that. So me and Daniel have two boys together. My oldest one is Daniel, also known as Baby D, and Dallas. During my second and last pregnancy with Dallas, I decided to get my tubes tied. No one can change my mind, not even Daniel, not even the doctors, nobody. I robbed the fact that I could ever extend my family. Like, that's it. It's a done deal. So later on, as time passed, I regretted it because I can't have babies no more. And they have all this cool stuff that you can do with babies when you're pregnant. <laughs> so I'm just jealous. <laughs> so the only way that I came to terms with what I have done was through Daniel. He gave me grace, mercy, and love. They ended up ministering to me, allowing me to move forward in my life with what I had done. And I know that's what Peter felt, you know, their best friends. So let's recall Judas, who already sold Jesus out for 30 silver coins. Again, probably a dollar. So it got so bad that he didn't focus on God's love, grace, and mercy. He didn't allow it to minister to him. He couldn't comprehend what he had done. He didn't even take the money. He ended up committing suicide. It was too much. Peter very well could have done the same thing as Judas, but he chose to do differently. What did Peter do? He chose to focus on God's love, grace, and mercy that allowed him to change his life forever. It changed his life forever to the point of where we are teaching from the book of Peter, teaching us how to live what we call life. Peter didn't allow his mistake to take a stronghold over his life or prevent him from becoming a better disciple. Just like we shouldn't allow our mistakes to keep us from becoming a better person. My bottom line is when we allow God's grace, mercy, and love to minister to us, we can move forward from our mistakes. So I leave you with this. We have to move forward from our mistakes. The only way to move forward is to know how much God loves us and he's for us. Thank you, church. Good morning, Celebration Church. How are you guys doing? Let me get my notes up real quick. Um, so in case we haven't met or in case you haven't read this giant screen behind me, uh, my name is Michael Avila, uh, and uh, I have the honor and the privilege of being able to serve uh, along here alongside some of my, my closest friends. Uh, so without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into the word. We're going to be looking at the Gospel of Mark. It's going to be in chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It's going to be in the message translation just because I love the imagery in that translation. So here we go. Uh, Jesus, uh, oh, before, let's give a little background. Jesus had just finished telling the parables of, uh, of the sower and the growing seeds and the mustard seeds, some of the most famous parables that Jesus had, had ever told. So here we go, verse 38. Late that day he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And they took him in the boat as he was, and other boats came along. A huge storm came up. Waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, head on a pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going to drown? Verse 39, Awake now, he told the wind to pipe down, and he said to the sea, Quiet, settle down. The wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. 
Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? Verse 41, they were in absolute awe, staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked. Wind and sea at his beck and call. Ladies and gentlemen, can we be honest with ourselves for a moment? Slowing down isn't always the most obvious option. The disciples, the disciples were afraid of the storm. They had a million things running through their minds. They, you know, they, they had the wind, the wind and, and, and the waves crashing against the boat. They, they probably even, there was some lightning going on. There's, there's water rushing into the boat. They think they're about to die. They're about to drown. And Jesus is sleeping. Homeboy's taking a nap. He is conked out on a pillow. And he's just, he's gone to the world. He's dead to the world for a completely different reason. When they wake Jesus up, what does he do? He doesn't freak out. He doesn't panic. He says, settle down. But here's the thing. Jesus wasn't just talking to the storm, but to the disciples as well. The disciples were so busy worrying about everything else that they ended up ignoring the obvious example that Jesus was setting for them. So a few years ago, probably about four years ago, um, I was at camp. I was at summer camp, and there were, there were a lot of things for us to do at this camp, one of them being a volleyball tournament. I was not particularly great at it, but I enjoyed doing it. And I, I, I was a lot not bad at this as I was at all the other sports. So volleyball for the win or not lose. And so um, we were uh, – we had some time to kill. We were actually doing pretty good, by the way. We, we were undefeated up until this point. So we had time to kill between one game and another, and uh, the bus was going to take us to the courts. Well, it turns out we ended up uh, – me and a friend of mine who was also in the tournament, we decided to go around and explore uh, camp just to see what else it had to offer. And uh, we ended up having a lot less time than we thought we did uh, before the bus decided to leave. And so once we found that out, we're like, oh, man, we got to book it. And so we started running. Um, he was not nearly as fast as I was, so I kind of had to wait for him so he didn't get lost. And um, there was uh, – keep in mind, our, our, our cabin was at the top of this hill. And this hill was called Suicide Hill because by the time you got from the bottom to the top, you wanted to die. <laughs> and so um, there, was, there was a shortcut, uh, however. There was, some, there was a flight of stairs that goes up onto this platform, and you can run across that. and makes the, makes the trek a little bit easier. Uh, and so by the time we got up these stairs, we're running up this platform, and we see the area where the bus is supposed to be. But the bus is not stationary. The bus had left. It was moving. It left without us. And it is going down this hill back to where we were. And so we're like, oh, man, we got, we got to go back. We, have to, we got to go back. Go, go. And so we turn around. We do a complete 180. Uh, my friend starts running down the stairs. And like I said, he wasn't as fast as I was. So I, I took one look at him going down those stairs. And I was like, no, that's too slow. And so uh, all I do is I look to the edge of this platform. And I, there's a rail, keep in mind, there's, so there's a 10-foot 10, 10 wall. There's, uh, the, there's a platform, and it's like 10 feet before it goes on this hill. That's also a very steep incline. And another four feet for the railing that they have there to keep people from going over the edge. So I just take one look at it, and I'm like, this way's better. And so <laughs> I get a running start, and I just vault. I clear this railing, and as I am plummeting to the earth, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I'm going to die. Suicide Hill is going to live up to its name because I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> As I'm falling to the ground, 
And I'm like, okay, wait a second. I'm like, if, you know, there's this cool way to, to land, make sure you don't get hurt. You can land on the balls of your feet, and you do like this kind of like tuck and roll thing. It's going to look super James Bond. It's going to look super cool. I'm going to have an epic story out of this. So I, as I'm, I fall to the ground, and the balls of my feet do hit first. But if you've ever tried landing on an incline, or just in general, um, for me at least, <laughs> facing the incline, and uh, balls of my heat fit, the balls of my feet hit first, followed closely after by my heels, which ended up fracturing both of them. <laughs> and I just, I, like I said, I wanted it to look super cool, but it actually ended up looking a lot like this, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and so I was like laying on the ground. My friend runs up to me, and I'm like, I can't get up. Like, for the life of me, I'm like, I'm laying on the ground. And my friend is like, uh, he runs over to me. I'm like, help me up. And he picks me up, and he's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I know. And so we're, we, I hobble into the bus, and, and I ended up actually trying to play the volleyball game. We ended up losing. I'm not going to say whose fault that was. The team should have been better. And so uh, <laughs> basically, if I had slowed down, if I had slowed down for even a moment, I would have realized that taking the stairs was obviously the better call. So we remember back in Mark when the disciples were absolutely losing their minds and Jesus was, Jesus was taking a nap. Do you remember the other day when you guys were absolutely losing your minds about something, anything? I, 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 remember, I remember losing my mind about this message. Hindsight being 20, 20, hindsight being 2020, there it is. Did it help? Did it help? Probably not. Probably didn't help. So quiet your mind. Slow down. Because when you slow down, you are way less likely to, to ignore the obvious things that, Je that Jesus or that has placed right in front of you. Don't be in such a hurry that you miss out. My bottom line is quiet your, quiet your mind. Be still. Go slow. Thank you guys so much. Have a great. What's up, Celebration Church? My name is Zach Bosworth. Can't tell. Um, we're just gonna jump right to the word. I'm gonna be preaching out of Proverbs chapter three, verse five. And Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. <clears throat> the thought I want you to get from this is trust comes from who you know, not what you know. So um, we did this thing at the Bosworth house called Saturday Morning Wrestling. So uh, <laughs> let me just, if you've been to Saturday Morning Wrestling, you understand what I'm talking about. But let me paint you a picture of a typical Bosworth Saturday morning. Wake up, you know, go get your breakfast. You know, you're, you're going to the kitchen. Nick's off to the side, you know, probably eating protein powder right out the container. Um, anything for the gains. All right. <laughs> but um, mom's cooking bacon and eggs. You know, get your food, sit down at the table, eat your food, you know, hook up. You're like, man, this is going to be. Good Saturday. Next thing you know, you're getting body slammed by a 230-pound man named Nathan Bosworth. <laughs> Elbows flying, people going through windows. 
My dad's not sure we right about to jump off the top rope. This stuff is going, it's crazy. So I remember a long time ago, uh, when we were real young, my older cousin Connor wanted to experience Saturday morning wrestling. So we have him over, you know, he stays the night. And uh, we wake up, we go to my dad's room, and uh, we just start wrestling. So my dad, he picks me up and he power bonds me. You know, I, I get off. And then he picks Connor up. And he like gives him the boss bomb, you know, he like slams him. And Connor is terrified. Connor's scared. He's like screaming like a little girl, you know, he's, just, he's scared. And um, he, didn't, he didn't like it. So, uh, you know, we sat him on the side. We let him like chill out. And he started warming up to the idea as me and my brother take on my dad. And we normally win, so we let him win this time. Uh, you know, <laughs> so he's warming up to the idea. And it clicked in his mind whose hands he was in. That my dad was not going to hurt him because my dad loved him. Wow. And I'm just here to remind you that whose hands you're in, you're in God's hands. And God is not going to hurt you because of the fact that God loves you. Maybe the calling on your life is a little bit scary. Maybe it's intimidating. Maybe you feel unqualified for what God has called upon you. But I'm here to remind you that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. It does not matter what excuses are holding you back. Knowing who God is will set you free. Maybe you're like, I'm too sick. I'm always sick. You know, God calling someone else. God is a healer. Maybe you're like, I can't give an offering today. I'm broke. I'm in financial debt. God is a provider. Maybe you're like, God, what you are calling on me is impossible. It's impossible. I can't do it. God, we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. When you know who God is, it doesn't matter what people say you're not. Why? Because trust comes from who you know, not what you know. Thank you so much. Well, good morning, y'all. My name is Cade Inohosa, and today I'm here to bring you a message from 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But before I get into that, I want to kind of give you a little bit of a recap of what, what's been going on. So at this point, Samuel has just arrived at Jesse's place to anoint the new king of Israel. And as we all know, he goes through the list of sons, and none of them are it. And so later, Jesse pipes up and goes, oh, well, I got one more, but it's... It's David, it's David. He's just, a, he's just a shepherd boy. You know, he, he couldn't do that. Not knowing that later on he would, in fact, be the one that God chooses to be king. But I want to go back real quick. Because when Samuel was going through the list of sons, he thought to himself, hey, you know, some of these guys, they look good. They look the part. They look like they could be kings. Surely one of these guys is it. But the Lord said to Samuel in verse 7, do not consider his appearance nor his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what I want to bring out from that today is never judge a heart by its cover. So about a month ago, oh, wait, a month ago today, we were at our kids' camp in Lakey, Texas. And on that night, we had a competition where they put me up against my best friend, Weston Clark. 
to see who could eat two bowls of ice cream the quickest. And whoever won won points for each uh, team on their side of the room. So, of course, we're going to do this, right? Because we get to win these kids their points. We get to eat ice cream. And it gives us a little time to have a competition with each other, right? So the race begins. And me, who is a slow ice cream eater, looks over to the side and sees that Weston is about two to three scoops ahead of me, all right? He is downing this ice cream. He's just going to town. So I'm like, all right, kid, you got to step it up. So I started taking even bigger bites. I started going even faster. Weston finishes his bowl and moves on to the second. So I'm like, Cade, step it up. So I start shoving ice cream in my face. Finally, I finish the bowl, and I go to get the second bowl. But as I look over, I see that Weston's having a little bit of a hard time finishing this second bowl. You know, he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. It kind of looks like he's having a hard time staying down. In fact, some of it was coming back up. And he just looked like he was getting sick. So I was like, oh, no. This gives me time to come, up, come back and catch up. Let's do this. So I start just shoving ice cream in my face. And so I go to take the huge bite of this ice cream, right? And that's when I knew something was wrong. <laughs> because this ice cream tasted horrible. All right, it was awful. I didn't know if the... The toppings were bad. I didn't know if this was ice cream that expired like a year ago. I didn't know what was going on. But I thought, you know what? I can't think of this right now. I got to get these kids these points. So I just started going after it. I finally finished the bowl, all of it. <laughs> and I, I got the points. I went. It was great. I look over, and I see that Weston literally dropped his bowl and goes outside. He just leaves, all right? Well, you see, it wasn't until I walked over to Keenan where I realized that what we were eating in those second bowls was not ice cream, but instead, frozen mayonnaise. <laughs> Talk about disappointment, all right? It was frozen mayonnaise. It was so disgusting. Oh, it was awful. I never want to try that again. I, I still want to vomit to this day. <laughs> but you know, the thing that made them different, the main thing that made those two bowls different was not the appearance on the outside. They were both dressed to impress, to look like ice cream, but what made them different were the ingredients on the inside. The ingredients on the inside were different, but they were dressed to fool us. And you know what? I think a lot of times you do that with people. You allow people into your lives. You allow people to speak into your lives that look good, who look the part, that look sweet, but in reality, they're only speaking bitterness into your life. And then it's the people like David, it's the Davids in your life that you just ignore and push aside because they're nothing more than what society says is just a shepherd boy. But those are the ones who have spent time in his word, learning and growing and trusting in him. Those are the ones that God uses to speak into your life. You see, you got to stop judging people based on how they look, how they talk, how and who society says they are. And you got to start knowing them based on who God says they are. All right? You got to start getting to know people through their heart. You got to start knowing who they are, what makes them tick. Learn their heart. Stop judging people based on who they are. And the same goes for you. Stop judging yourself based on the outside. Get to know who you are. Get to know who your heart, what you, what's in your heart. Get to know who you are. And that is exactly who he says you are. And that is a child of God. So my bottom line today is this. The heart should be the only thing that tells somebody's story. So don't judge it based on its outward cover. 
get to know the heart just as Jesus gets to know you. Thank you, Celebration Church. Good to see everybody this morning. So I'm going to be preaching over Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. As Christians, and as just people in general, we are called to be kind to one another. It's something that we are all called to do. Everybody deserves kindness. Everybody deserves love. It's just something that we are called to do. So when I was in sixth grade, I was bullied. And so being bullied, I carried a lot of just anger and just a bunch of sadness around with me. So seventh grade, I was homeschooled. And that is whenever I became very awkward. And I did not have any friends whatsoever. Um, I didn't talk to anybody that I used to go to school with. I didn't want to talk to them. They didn't want to talk to me. So, you know, didn't talk to them. And I had also just kind of seen girls in general as just evil and mean. And I, I didn't want any friends that were girls at all. So then the end of seventh grade comes, and my parents were like, we need to put these children in school because they're all weird, and they don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> so they decide to enroll us into TLCA. So I'm not excited. I'm going to let you know I was not excited to go. I was like, please, just, I promise, I'll talk to people. Like, I'll make friends. I wasn't. But, you know, it was a promise that I was willing to make. So the first day of school comes. I'm terrified, okay? The whole morning was terrible. I woke up late. My eyeshadow didn't look good. I mean, are you kidding? And then my hair wasn't great. So, so bad. And I left my schedule at home. Well, if you know TLCA, there's three different campuses. We were all three at different campuses. Carson was at elementary. I was obviously at middle school. Weston was at high school. So I was late to the first day. So whenever I get there, it, um, everybody's sitting in the cafeteria for like an assembly. So I go to sit at this table with a girl that I actually knew that went there. And um, that was the cheerleader table, and I was not allowed to sit there. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't know anybody. So I went and sat by myself, and it was really sad. And then, so I get to second period. It was my history class. I actually had that class with my friend. So she introduced me to this girl that she knew, and I was like, hey, I'm Lyndon. What's up? You know, <laughs> um, I'm not excited to be here at all. <laughs> and so... Apparently, she thought I was really cool, but I was just like, I'm not going to talk to her ever again. I mean, I'm just going to be a loner. So then we get to lunch, the cafeteria, and if you don't have friends, you sit by yourself. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit over here. It'll be cool, whatever. So I sit there with my lunchbox, and I start taking out my food and stuff, and um, the girl that I had actually met in second period comes over to me, and she says, hey, Lyndon. Um, my friends and I would really like it if you came and sat with us. We think that you're so cool. 
you're so funny, and we just like, we really want you to come sit with us. And so I, I did go sit with them, which was totally crazy to me, because I was just like, girls are awful, but um, those people ended up being some of the best people I've ever met. We were friends all throughout high school. It was awesome. But that is a day that I will never forget, because in a time when I was feeling very alone and just felt very uncomfortable in those situations, that girl came up to me, and she showed me kindness. And through her kindness, I was able to see God's love in her. When you show kindness, you are showing people God's love. And that is so important. You never know what your smile can do for somebody. You never know what a, a little, hey, your hair looks great today. Oh, my gosh, I love your shirt. Or, yo, those shoes are awesome. You never know what that will do for somebody. It can change them forever. Do not ever miss a moment to be kind to somebody. Do not ever. My bottom line is when you show kindness, you show God's love. Y'all better remember, kindness is so gangster. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.